This week's episode with Gabrielle Taylor was really a delight. I told her as soon as we got on the call that I took a deep breath just by being in her presence. And I know that if you are going to listen to this episode today, you'll be able to do the same. In this episode, we talked about Gabrielle's really interesting background because not only is she a licensed psychotherapist and relationship counselor slash coach, but she also has had a deep spiritual path. She spent time doing some monastic studies, also at ashrams in spiritual just centers all around. And I found that beautifully interesting. I even mentioned to her that when I was looking for a therapist myself, I wanted someone to have a deeper view on the world in general and our purpose on the planet. If you need a deep breath today, if you need to feel understood and held, I invite you to listen and enjoy this episode with Gabrielle Taylor. We also talked about her work as a psychotherapist and as a relationship coach. She does a lot of work with empaths, and she even talked about how she is quite shy, which has been a challenge to grow a business where everyone's using social media. Enjoy this episode with Gabrielle today. Follow us at She Builds Empires podcast on Instagram and go check out our YouTube channel, She Builds Empires podcast on YouTube. Become a subscriber. Let's get to 100. Enjoy this episode. I just have to start by saying your presence is extremely, extremely grounding. And even just like being in the same space as you, I took the deep breath. So oh, thank okay. <laughs> thank you. You are welcome. I'm glad. So you have been in the space of psychotherapy, working with couples and relationship for quite a bit of time now. And I'm really excited to have you on the show today to hear a little bit more about your journey of the behind the scenes of, you know, how did you enter that field of work? What drew you to that field of work? And I have a sense that things are growing and expanding for you in in multiple different directions. So I'm just excited to hear of all of the things that make you you and have helped you to create the business that you have today. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a big question. (laughs) We'll break it down. We'll break it down. Yeah. I'd love to start with how did psychotherapy work find you? Well, um, in my, in my 20s, I actually spent three years in a monastic community that taught and practiced meditation. And um, the, you know, so that kind of, and that was a, an amazing experience. I also went to India for a few months and stayed in an ashram. And so I explored like contemplative, uh, the contemplative side of things. And um, I've always been a good listener. So what happened was when I became a mom, and uh, in my 30s, uh, I was at a job that, you know, I didn't really enjoy. I was a librarian and it wasn't the job so much, but I kind of lost myself. And uh, I became like a mom and a wife and a worker and everything else, but I lost who I was. And another thing about my background is I went to art school. That was my first real passion. So like when I was in art school at 18, I started like, you know, we were a group of people and we were going to change the world. It was like, <laughs> so, you know, I was 
and, and but then I couldn't see myself in uh, ex exhibiting in galleries. I just didn't see a way forward in that. So in any case, um, so in my 30s, uh, kind of like hit a wall and I was like, who am I? And I felt lost. And so I went back, I went deep inside and then I started, I somehow, I can't remember who, like somebody with a, through a conversation, the idea of counseling popped into my head. And so I looked everywhere for counseling programs and stuff like that. So I went back to school. My kids were seven, eight, something like that. And um, I found a really good program of spiritual psychotherapy. And I studied, uh, I went back to school and really got into it. And after I finished my master's, I went on to do family and couples uh, therapy and drama therapy. And I've, I've done so much, so many trainings. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a lifelong learner, so. Mm, I'm very interested in a little bit of the background of monastic studies and going to India for the ashram. It sounds like there have always been seeds planted for you of a deep kind of devotional feeling towards something and interest toward just being very curious, which I'm sure helps you in your therapy practice as well. So. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what drew you into those type of, as you said it, contemplative studies? Um, well, I was in art school, so I think I must have been 19. I think I was 19, and I started having a lot of anxiety. Like, um, so I went to a junior college, what you'd call probably a junior college uh, at first, and it was great because there was a community. We were in one group for all our classes. So it was like really, it was, we were really tight. And that was a great experience. And then when I went to university, was, I felt so alienated and alone. And it was, I felt kind of lost, like a number. And then um, the idea was you become an artist and you, you know, exhibit in galleries or I just could not envision myself in that at all. So I, I you know, I started to get real anxiety and then I discovered meditation. And and there was within a this community, so I started going to the community and getting to know them. And meditation, just you know, paying attention to my breath. It was with the mantra and all that, calming myself down, myself down physiologically, and just coming to that, you know, um, experiencing the relaxation response, which is a real thing that I read about later. Um, it totally changed me, and I was I also got into yoga. <laughs> So this is so interesting. See, I never knew these things about you. And this is why I love to have a show so I can ask the question. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've been working with a therapist for the last couple of years. And something I was really seeking out in a therapist was someone who had a more holistic approach, a little bit more of a diverse understanding of um, spiritual law and spiritual practice. And I'm curious how and if that is seamlessly kind of brought into your work with your clients as well. Does it does it relate? Does it connect to the work that you're doing today as a psychotherapist? Definitely, I'd say. I mean, I don't impose anything on clients, so I don't impose my beliefs or my you know way of thinking. So it's really. Um, but sometimes clients will come with spiritual conflicts, which is something that is not taught in psychotherapy school or counseling school. So there might be a conflict of inner values or a conflict your spirituality might be in conflict with a need or, you know, other another aspect of your life. And there might be deep 
like inner conflicts around. Sometimes clients have been brought up in kind of like a very rigid spiritual community and those beliefs or um, ways of life have been imposed on them. And sometimes it comes along with some pretty dark stuff as well. So, um, yeah. But I, I, I basically in um, the program that I, that I studied in, uh, which actually turned out to be 45 minutes from my home. So I was like, wow. <laughs> Love that. Um, it kind of like everything fell into place. Uh, was spiritual uh, counseling. So um, it was actually in the theology department. So, but it wasn't like any denomination or Christian or anything like that. It was more, the essence of it is more like our uh, value, your deeper aspirations and values and what you're longing for. Like it's like the sap of a tree that goes up. It's that desire is the deepest motivational force for change. So it's really listening for that in a client with you know within the client's story within the client's life what are they longing for searching for you know it's and it's a it's a i define it as a spiritual longing but if a client doesn't define it we're not going to get i'm not even going to talk about that with yeah. unless they bring it up maybe then we could have that <laughs> i love that it's very interesting that you say that i know that you also do a lot of work with relationships couples but also empaths and i'm curious if you could number one like define what that is in your in your terms and why you felt called to serve that population that maybe doesn't even know that they are an empath mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i mean the word empath i don't know if 10 years ago like it was around so much in the common lingo um but it was i was within a I was working in a program with some others, other business uh, business owners, and someone gave me that feedback. They said, "Oh, you you it seemed you work with highly sensitive. You're a highly sensitive person. That's the term that was used at that time. And it seems like you want to work with highly sensitive women. Like it's mm -hmm. like they just gave me that feedback, and it it really clicked at the time. And then it was like." I mean, the highly sensitive person is a famous, uh, well-known book, right? I don't know if you're familiar with it. And I have heard of it. Know. But I just, um, yeah, and then I don't know why, it just empath clicked with me just energetically because it's it's like, yeah, that's what it is. Like feel someone who is more, um, it's highly empathic and a, a very feeling person. So I, I like that term better. And I don't know if they you know, technically, if we get into like the technicality of it, you know, one equals the other or not. And some people say empath, that's just an invented term. But actually, I think empaths are, our brains function a bit differently. There mm -hmm. are people who are more empathic and there's a different, I haven't studied all the ins and outs of the brain, which I, I'd be interested in doing when I have the time. <laughs> I can see you doing that and loving it. You yeah. strike me as someone who's, very inquisitive and you as you as you said as we started you said you're a lifelong learner it sounds like you just soak up knowledge because it is so exciting and interesting to you mm -hmm. yeah yeah I love uh, I love learning I have to kind of uh, be disciplined about what um, projects I take on because um, I would just take on everything <laughs> if I could <laughs> and um, yeah I hear you 
Let's talk a little bit about the growth of your business, your client journey, and what it really looked like for you to start something of your own and and build up your own clientele. What was that process and that journey like for you? It was really scary. It was, um, I think it, it, the word journey definitely applies. It's been a journey and, you know, I've been uh, transformed through it. Um, It's also like, I feel like it's a calling. So, and I think that's what keeps me in it. Otherwise, um, I think I would not have ventured out. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, like I'm a very shy person by nature. And um, so there've been a lot of obstacles to overcome, Um, but it's, um, what has that been like? So it's been, yeah, it's been somewhat scary at times, but it's been, it's a passion as well. It's like, um, yeah, I feel like the, cause I'm traveling, working as a psychotherapist in kind of the medical model mold is one thing, right? And it's like, I, I like to color outside the lines. I like to uh, use my creativity. I like to have kind of creative license, um, not license, ethical license with clients. Like I'm not, I know just do anything. I, I, I really respect a client's um, needs and where they are and so on and so forth. But, and uh, I've also studied so many uh, cutting edge approaches to psychotherapy that don't necessarily fit into that medical model. And I think that medical model um, is, is changing, hopefully, but it's slow. And there, it, there, there is a way in which it's a corporate, like it's coming down from corporate and you know the pharmaceutical companies and all that. And it's not all bad, like you don't want to scrap it all, but it's like we as human beings are so much more than that. And um, it's limited. Yeah. You know, that's probably a a deeper conversation, but a lot of these systems, processes and structures were put in place for a reason, like to help, you know, not only the practitioner, but also the client. And at the same time, I think as we evolve as humans, as we also learn more, as we have more information at our fingertips more than ever, some of the the structures feel constricting and restrictive to, to both entities. So, I think there is space for something to change and I don't know what that is, but it sounds like you're also acknowledging that there there's more that meets the eye within all of these modalities and practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there are probably some key principles. If you boil it down, there, there are key principles that apply everywhere. Yeah. And they're, um, yeah. Mm. You mentioned that you are quite shy, and I think this is actually important to talk about as, you know, this is a show all about highlighting business owners who have created something beautiful and big. And I think a lot of people probably think that to be a business owner, you have to be a little bit more of um, the extrovert. And I'd love to talk about like your journey as being a little bit more, as you call it, shy or introverted and what, what it's been like to have a business and grow and start this journey, even when you yourself are just a little bit more on the shy side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you go out there, out there yeah. on the wild, in the what, <laughs> the wild, wild west of the internet or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you see, I mean, there's so much bling, bling and, uh, you know, it's clickbait and 
people who are very like, you know, they'll get on a camera and those, you know, they're very charismatic and, you know, they gain huge followings. And um, for me, it's really been about coming back because if, if I start getting into that world and, you know, bathing myself in that energy, I uh, lose myself and I what they don't usually generally, I don't think I would feel very good about myself after a few minutes of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's like really being true to myself and, um, but community is also really important. So connecting with other like-minded, uh, business entrepreneurs like you, for instance, and others who are also, you know, on this journey of wanting to remain really authentic, wanting to do something real and wanting to have a real impact on people's lives not just, you know, selling something like we live in a consumer society where everyone's just trying to make a buck and selling and, you know, and that's, I grew up, you know, watching uh, TV commercials, let's say, I remember my mom, she used to say, oh, she, you know, click her tongue and so she lies, all those lies, you know, with, <laughs> you know makeup commercials or whatever, it, you know, and um, that was my image of like business, there's there was something sleazy about business, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there. So I've um, I think there's a new paradigm of business that can be done in a in an with integrity, with, in a collaborative way, in community, and really um, for to help people to to enrich people's lives and change the world. Mm -hmm. This is something I think about a lot because. As we, as humans on this planet, grow more and more sensitive, we are becoming more tuned and in tune with truth. And we have this ability to, I say, like perceive when something is a misalignment. So we can see a business owner and how they present themselves. And there's something in us that now starts to say, oh, that, that, you know, we are, we're like your mom clicking her tongue. We're like, there's something <laughs> off here. There's something off here. And I think that this is an important time for us to go back to the principles that I'm sure you talk with your clients who are there for relationships and couples counseling. It's all about the relationship and the honesty and the truth and the values and having, you know, if I'm a company that talks about organic food, I better not have steak and McDonald's company. Like mm -hmm. that wouldn't make sense anymore. And it's a beautiful time that we're moving into more of this in integrous um, way of leading, I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really, uh, that resonates with me a lot, <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. So you have a successful business, you have beautiful clients that you get to work with. I know you have a new program coming up, which we'll talk about in just a little bit, but who are you also beyond business? How do you like to spend your your moments as a human on this planet? Um, my big thing is like being out in nature, like, um, I live where I live is be beautiful, uh, rolling hills of the Eastern townships right near, I mean, for those of you who are in, uh, the States, imagine Vermont, cause I actually right on the Vermont border. So, um, I'm not far from Montreal. That's my hometown, but, uh, my husband and I go biking in the summer almost every day by this, like in this marshland and there are turtles and blue herons and, oh my gosh, it's just, we never get sick of going to the same place. <laughs> every day it's different. 
And then in the winter, um, I like to put on my cross-country skis and go for a ski right out back, back outside my door. That's amazing. Yeah. Just walk right out. Yeah. And I love doing yoga. I love, I have a garden. Um, so for me, like being connecting with the earth is like really nurturing. Yeah. And um, so that's one of my big things. Yeah. How was your garden this year? I We were a little bit dry in New Jersey, so some of my plants didn't do as good as they normally do. Uh, no, we had a lot of rain, actually, and uh, but I'm afraid to say the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> the weeds really grew as well. So, uh, yeah, because at one point things got really busy and uh, it's like, eh. that was the wet season. It just went shh, like a wild garden. But I still have to take out, I have potatoes, so um, I'm not too late because it gets cold here. We had frost last night. Wow. Wow. I always think that there's so many aspects of gardening that are really beautiful metaphors for our life. You know, planting and sowing the seeds, watering, watering the plants and the soil, harvesting. And there's something very special I find about weeding because it's not, you can't just pull out the top part of the weed you have to go all the way down to the root or else it's going to always come back. And I love that metaphor for life. And it's funny because there have absolutely been moments in my life where I like let go. Of, I don't handle the garden as well as I should be. And I look at my life and I'm like, Ooh, is there anywhere where I'm not digging? Is there anywhere where I'm not, you know, taking care of the other aspects of my life? It's such a beautiful metaphor. Mm -hmm. I find. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I love the um, metaphor of this planting the seed and, the quality of the soil, like preparing the soil. And then, uh, yeah, that whole, it's magic, kind of magic as well. The seed breaking open and everything that happens is just. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. So where do you foresee your business and your brand going over the next couple of years? Do you plan to still focus on psychotherapy and couples counseling? Do you have other offers that you feel like are coming to the forefront? Well, I'll just say like about five years ago, I was, um, I was working full time as a psychotherapist. And on the side, I, my business was helping sensitive women birth their soul project. So, and then during the pandemic, um, I had like a, you know, a shift. Everyone had shifts and, you know, aha moments and revelations during the pandemic of bringing the two because I was also doing a lot of couples therapy has been a passion of mine and then I kind of married the two so I, I that's when empaths in, in relationship was born so um so yeah my 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 uh focus now is really couples so I offer couples intensives for two uh one or two day intensives for instance for instance and ongoing support and um I'm also really excited about um, this new program that I'm, I've just, uh, I'm, that's coming out in November, which is um, for empathic women who want to heal their, who are really ready to heal their relationship, even if they can't bring their partner into therapy or coaching. Mm -hmm. So it's for them alone because there are so many things that they can do on their side of things. They can heal themselves and learn way, new ways of inviting their partner to step up with them and uh, recognize some of the, the old patterns or cycles that we get into. Mm. And I, um, I know all these patterns personally myself, like I've been there. 
that's been part of my journey, you know. I've been married for 32 years. And um, yeah, our kids are in their, my, my son is 30, so. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, wow, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And my, our daughter's 29, so. I'm the same age as your daughter. <laughs> I love that. That's really special. There's, I remember my Kundalini yoga teacher talking about how when, you know, as women, we are so powerful. So when a woman commits to her spiritual practice and, you know, doing some of the deeper work, which it sounds like you're doing with them in this, this program, it ripples throughout the entire family. Mm -hmm. yeah. We hold a lot of the the energetic, emotional, and relational ties within the family. Yeah, exactly. It's really about stepping into um, a new level of empowerment and leadership as well. It's yeah. like being the leader in your relationship and your in your of your life, basically of your life, and having that agency and discovering that agency. Mm. So um, yeah, it's a journey, and yeah, I believe that as well. And in the last few years, I've been um, training in something called relational life therapy, which is so amazing. Um, uh, it's an amazing approach. So um, yeah, it's just so inspiring. And I, I, it's, it's, I've come to understand how um, relationships, relationship is a, a spiritual practice as well. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's as well as all the healing that it it can you know it's it's an invitation it can be an invitation that doesn't mean that if you're with a partner that maybe it's not a good fit maybe it's not the right person so it doesn't mean you should just stay with any partner that's you know that you're not you're not called to stay with you don't feel or that maybe it's a toxic environment for a, a person right but it, it there is an invitation to grow and learn and heal and just evolve in, in such an amazing way. So I can invite your partner to evolve in their unique way because they're like a different flower, you know, you might be like a, a peony uh, flower and they might be like, I don't know, a sunflower. <laughs> Very different, but they can be beautiful together. I love seeing your excitement about your work and especially all of the the different studies and modalities that you have researched and trained in. It's really I can see that you're you're get you get very excited about it all. So it's beautiful to witness. And uh, I'm curious, you know, you're in Canada. Is your work all in person? Is it remote? Can people work with you from anywhere in the world? Um, actually, since I'm no longer working in Montreal, I'm working 100% remotely right now. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I love this. Okay. Fantastic. So anyone listening, when you think of relationships, when you think of couples counseling, when you think of a spiritual counselor, when you think of being highly sensitive or an empath, think of Gabrielle and her incredible work. This is incredible. I'm so grateful that you were here today. Oh, thank you. It's been amazing. It's great. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Gabrielle. And thank you everyone so much for listening to She Builds Empires. Make sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review and share this episode with a friend, your mom, your sister, your brother, anyone who needs the message today. We'll see you next week. Thanks.